I'm Kayla. I am with CPL Adult Services. I'm Wayne and I'm with CPL Children's. Today we're going to talk about A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mass. Oh, buddy, are we? We are Mass Trash. <laughs> um, as is most of our uh, Discord, you know, and our group readers here at Parents Read the Darndest Thing, so go off. And we will be going off. We will be going off. We have a lot of thoughts here. A lot of thoughts. Um, this was highly anticipated for me. Okay, and I, I gotta say, like, I read this one, and I, I have been anticipating a few books for 2021, mm-hmm. um, from Blood and Ash, and I'm just, that's not, I'm, I'm dead, and Chain of Iron, mm-hmm. okay, and the King of Scars duology is finishing up, and that has been my favorite book, like, of the past few years, and this one. Yeah. So these are like my four, and they're releasing like back to back. They are. Yeah. So I read A Court of Silver Flames, and then I jumped straight into Chain of Iron. And let me tell you how much I wish we were talking about Chain of Iron. <laughs> That's so disappointing. It's so disappointing because I thought A Court of Silver Flames would be it because I love Nesta so much, and I love. I was super excited to see about this. And I gotta say, I was overall kind of disappointed. I have a lot of feelings about it, and some of them are fine, like it was, parts of it were fine, but mm-hmm. most of it I was like, I did not like this. Yeah. And I'm just disappointed in a lot of ways. So, my sister and I co-read this, and my sister is a sweeter person than I am, and she was just like, I loved it, this is lovely, I just love everything about it, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> is your sister like Elaine? No. Thank God. She's not an oh, idiot. Okay. She's not an idiot. She's not an idiot. <laughs> of course she doesn't like Elaine. If any of you like worried. Elaine. We need to have a private DM session so you can add me on Discord and we'll DM about how you're wrong. We can do some therapy. We need um, to talk about it, obviously, because she ain't it. You're entitled to your opinion, but it's wrong. It's wrong. So, so. We'll talk about how wrong you are. I'll create a PowerPoint, post the slides on <laughs> Discord. Why Elaine sucks. Dun, 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 dun. I was disappointed, too. I wouldn't say I disliked it or that I hated it. Mm-mm. I would reread it. Glad that I have it as part of the collection, like, overall. But not what, I guess it just like it didn't meet my expectations is really where I'm at with it. I think the first thing that immediately I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. was that I wanted Nesta to work through her trauma mm-hmm. without changing Nesta. Okay. And it felt like all of Nesta's callousness and all of Nesta's steel and all of her coldness was written off as trauma. Yes, it really was. And it was like, okay, but why can women not be mean just because? Like, why do you have to sweeten them? Why do they have to be so soft? Yeah, why do women, why can't Nessa just be mean? I loved her as mean and cold and steely and rigid, and that's what made her interesting. It it created some... She was assertive. I always like where she is described as... You know, she her gaze cuts through, yeah. or she's assessing everything. Like, she's not oblivious. She's very aware. She's very intelligent. A steel trap is how they described her mind in Avatar, where yeah. you know, even a gl- a glamour didn't fool her. Yeah. And that was completely written away from me. Yeah. And, and the way they like broke it. down her trauma, because she's always been this way. Yes. Even before the trauma of being turned into a fae. But they really reeled it back to, oh, even when her mother just, like, treated her the way she did and, like, made her a socialite, like, terribly, horribly mean for high society, like, it just made her a cold and horrible person. 
It revealed away all the things that I liked about her. And it Mm -hmm. made it seem like for a woman to be assertive and to be assessing and to be calculating, you have to be traumatized. Yeah. And I'm like, trauma does not always equal personality. Yeah. And I didn't, that was the first thing I did not enjoy, was that everything that had been set up about Nesta was written off as trauma so that she was more likable. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't enjoy that because I wanted Nesta to stay Nesta. I think it was telling a fine line. It was. And it always is when a writer really breaks down trauma or makes a, a huge focus for a character, right? But... And that was like also in all these discussion groups, right? Anything you're a part of for Sarah J. Mass online or anything for the whole year leading up to this. Yeah. We were at wondering, you know, pro or con Nesta. And it would always be, she is mean because of her trauma. Or people were more like we are. She can be who she wants to be. And still yeah. have trauma. Yeah. And have trauma to work through. And she, yeah, she erred on the side of, I'm going to make it because of her trauma. And was that pandering? I want her, no. you know, to make it so people wanted to keep, you know, more people wanted to keep reading it or to be like, hey, I understand trauma. I do like the way that throughout the book Nesta processes her trauma and, like, does a yes. lot of self-reflection. I, I like it and I think it's good and I think she did a lot of healthy things. I love, like, the meditation and the, um, the getting fit to kind of combat your emotional turmoil, to try to channel it. And I liked a lot of, like, the aggression towards her loved ones, because that made sense. But at the end, I didn't feel like the things that had made them Nesta, Nesta, were kept. So all that, like, calculating and cool assessment, none of that was mentioned, and none of it was addressed. And she became Feyre 2.0. Oh, yeah, she she became so much like Feyre. She was Feyre 2.0. She went from resenting Feyre to quote, understanding her to, I want to be like her. But, and it kind of, just kind of stink because there was even a part where Cassian was like, she was like, I don't know how to fix me. And he was like, you don't need to fix yourself. Yeah. You can help yourself and you can heal and you can work through things. That doesn't mean you have to change, basically. It's exactly what I he told like, her. I felt like, oh, this, it bugged me so much that Cassian came off as resand. You think? I feel like there was... I feel like Sarah J. Mass struggles when she writes points of view mm. that she can't keep the character going. So Nesta came off a lot of the time sounding like Feyre. Mm-hmm. And then Feyre sounded like, who is this like earth angel that's oh. just like, um... I didn't get how Feyre sounded. Yeah. Who, who is this? Whenever she had dialogue, uh, I was like, what are you saying? What are you, what, who is this person? What are you saying about? And then Visan totally sounded like Tamlin at some point. It's just this like weirdo. Super protective, putting a shield around his mate. And I'm like, uh, this sounds like Tamlin. And it felt like there was a real struggle to write Cassian and Nesta as Cassian and Nesta and not Feyre and Tam- or, uh, Rhysand. And I, I don't, I, I just didn't get it. And it wasn't bad. Again, it wasn't distasteful because I loved Feyre, but I would find myself going, wait, that doesn't sound at all like Nesta. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. know. I might have to take time to like reflect on that more and like stew in the book to see if I agree with it or not. I super agree that like, Listening or like having the dialogue with Rusan and Feyre, I was just like, I don't want to look at you or hear you or go away, get out of the book. You sound super weird. Super weird. But like reading the characters as Nesta and Cassian, Cassian especially, 
he did feel sort of like his own character to me. And I think part of that is uh, when you read Rhysand, he's very like elegant and oh, also yeah, like, that's true. he's very emotional like all the time. Cassian is a lot more crass. Yeah, he is crass. Yeah. Uh, the book is a lot, a lot more crass. <laughs> okay. We're gonna Definitely learn. 18 plus. Uh, oh, this was mature yeah. content. Like, this is not. Yeah, the Avatar work. series is. I think they are rebranding it all as, uh, as adult now. Me. Probably because of this book. Because if you're going to make this part of the whole Avatar series, it is. You can't claim the others are YA. This is mature this content. This is not even 18 plus. This is like, you should be. This is. And our 17. This is like, yeah, smut. Hardcore smut. Yeah, definitely smut in there. And and the themes that they're dealing with. Yeah, really I mean, a 15-year-old can be exposed to these kinds of themes, but I you would think need to be older to understand the complexities that they're trying to go through with them. There's a lot I liked about it, and there's a lot that just didn't. I just didn't love. Yeah. And I think Cassian felt. You're right. Cassian felt like uh, more Cassian. Nesta felt way too much like Feyre for me, for my taste. Do you think maybe it was because she was losing like her like hard edges? I think that sometimes writers struggle to make a hard woman feel likable. You know, and and I think that's a real struggle, and that's something that gets addressed in the King of Scars duality or mm-hmm. duology. Sorry, um, that one of the female main characters is that woman. Mm-hmm. And it's something a male comments on in the book that people try to explain away her hardness mm-hmm. as, oh, she just hasn't found love yet, or oh, she just hasn't found this yet, mm-hmm. as a way to make her, and especially because she's a beautiful character, yeah. as a way to kind of explain away her hard edges. And the, the character in that book says, why would you want to do that? Because it's okay if not everyone can handle it. Yeah. She's biting and she's hard, and if you don't enjoy that, then you should not be around. And I yeah. liked the way that that character was written because no one tried to explain. She obviously has trauma too, mm-hmm. but her temperament doesn't get explained away. Yeah. And I liked that, and I was super interested to see Nesta be this like person that we have come to either dislike or love. Okay. I see. I see where you're going now. Like, if you feel like you can't write it into the way that they are speaking their mannerisms, whatever their thoughts, bring in another character to address it and outright say it. You know? You can do that. You can you know do that. that happens in real life. And I, I personally know women who are abrupt yeah. and kind of like abrasive. Yeah. And I would hate for especially a significant other to be like, oh, but I love you the way you are. But then their narrative is written in a way that makes them someone that they're not. And yeah. I felt like, I don't know, it didn't feel true to Nesta to me. And that was the first thing that disappointed me. Was that I didn't hate her character. It just didn't feel like the Nesta I knew. It felt mm-hmm. like this new character that I was learning about with mm-hmm. some of Nesta's tendencies. And I was like, yeah. well, she's mean. But then it just felt like like lashing out mean instead of her cool assessment mean yeah. and it was a different kind of mean too it was all lashing every single time she said anything harsh to somebody it was a lashing out it, if it wasn't political it was lashing out and yeah. when did she do that in the first three books she never, never did it was just she was i'm just, looking at you i'm assessing you if you are lacking i'm going to tell you yeah and if not 
I'll just make some kind of like coy comment about it. Yeah. And it can be approving, but it's still got like an edge to it. It felt like the difference between a cold, calculating, emotionless person mm -hmm. versus someone who is lashing out from trauma. And I was like, I, neither one of those are wrong. Mm -hmm. It just didn't read like the same character. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. I would have liked to see her trauma addressed and explored without sacrificing that coolness to Nesta that I really liked to see in a character because then it was just another favorite. Nothing wrong with favorite, nothing wrong with the character, but we already have one of those. Yeah. I think Sarah J. Mass has a very good versus evil thing going on. Mm -hmm. And I would have loved for Nesta to have been that morally great character that she finally brought out and just like put on display and said, here she is. You can like her, you can hate her, you can pick her apart. But this is the way that she, she is. is. But instead she was like, no, I have to make her one of the goodies. She even you did your that and your with Amran to an extent. Yeah. Where, and I love Amran, but even in this book, it was like, okay, writing somebody who's millennia old, all she said was girl and boy to make her seem old. Yeah. And I was like, the wisdom wasn't there. And I don't know, this, this like super bugs me. I don't know how many times I can read something that's like, I'm shocked at the amount of power this person has. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, it's no longer a shock. Like, everyone is super powerful. <laughs> can we stop being shocked by it? At some point, Amron's got to be like, yeah, I've seen all this before. Like, yeah. it's fine. She's like, oh, I haven't seen this for 10,000 years. It's just like... Okay, so like you've been around for way longer than that. I'm so. sorry, but it, like at 31, I'm like, I don't care. You know, like <laughs> I would love to see Amber just be like, yeah, okay. Just oh, that's an again. Ancient weapon. Again. There's one of those in the closet. <laughs> I'm just like, she's supposed to be this like millennia old baddie, and yeah. she was just like, I don't know, like they took her from being very like ominous mm -hmm. to just being like annoyed. And not in, like, a clever way, but in an annoying way. She's annoyed and I'm annoyed by it. This is where my next kind of thought comes in, was that there was a lot of the book that made sense. Like, I liked that Nessa kind of met new friends yeah. and had her own life and went on this kind of parallel to parts of another story, you know, like climbing and figuratively, like beating, overcoming, like all that stuff. I loved that part of the story and I loved the new friends. Yeah. But then it cost us all the other people we have come to love. It, Rhysand was like, who, who is this? Like, who is this guy? And why is he here? Elaine was literally pointless. She's been pointless. Been pointless. It. And I will, I will die on that hill. I will say, yes, Elaine is dumb and pointless. They tried to make her a little bit more, like, assertive. Assertive. She still came off as dumb. They were like, oh, I told Elaine she didn't have to come. They're still trying to shelter her. And she's like, I'll do it for the court. I'm uncomfortable. But she didn't okay. do anything, by the way. Did Bro, you, you being here is not helping anyone. Um, they even said you didn't look cute. Oh my god, Moore literally just showed up to window people in and out. Yeah, that was weird because Azrael lived at that house. Why couldn't he be doing that? It made no sense. So I'm saying like, if we were going to focus on Nesta, right? And yeah. I wanted to focus on Nesta. They literally, she set it up yeah. so that Cassie and Nesta were away from everybody else. They went away. They went camping, okay? 
and then they got brought back to the House of Wind yeah. so they could be back around everyone? Even way before what? that, they put them in the house. It was Cassian as Inesta. It was, you're going to go stay in that house with Cassian, and Az is going to be there, like, on and off right. between his spy missions. Cool. Like, it's set from the beginning. I was like, this is going to be Cassian together, like, facing off. Now, like, hard stuff, like, moldering into, like, that smoldering whatever. No. And then, like, she brought in the friends. I was like, that's cool. And then we just got more and more Vera and Resand, and I was like, I don't really care about what's happening now. I, it felt like there was two things that Sarah Jane Mass wanted to do. And she wanted to build this story and this story, and she didn't want to sacrifice either one. But it would have been better for the book if they cut out the old and just focused on Nessa's story. But it was like trying to balance the two didn't make any sense. Yeah. And there was, it was very jarring. It was super jumpy. Like it jumped from one thing to the other, to the other, to the other, and nothing happened. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, we need to go tell Reese about like this crazy ancient thing that we just found and like the earth shattering realization we've come to. And he's just like, oh. But yeah. Pharaoh, I'm stressed about this other, and I was like, oh, I forgot about Pharaoh and the other thing, and I'm like, it would have been fine. I just, I, I would have rather the old just been, just, just forget about it. Okay, yeah. just like forget about it and let's focus on the new things. And there were so many other new things that got brought up in the book that ended up either being like super easily resolved where I was like, was this a crisis? Because this was <laughs> not a crisis. It seemed very imminent. Or, um... Like, Eris, he was there, and then he had a part to play, and then it just dragged on and on, and you're like, he okay, seemed but... He like, such a major player. And he wasn't! And at the end of the book, you're like, that was it? The that whole was time I'm, I'm sitting here like, Eris, what's Eris gonna do? Eris is gonna be a backstabber. Eris yeah. is... And then Eris is... And then oh, I'm like, Eris isn't gonna... He's gonna, like, become one of their family members. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing happened. No, Eris is just a hang-around. Um, the big bad death god? Yeah. He made a part. He was there. Thank you, Sal. Nothing happened. <laughs> like, nothing <laughs> came of it. So I was like, so what was the point of having this in the book? Yeah. Like, the queen? Okay, we were super spooked. And then they have a showdown. And then it's, like, easily resolved in a few pages. And I was yeah. like... It was what? like, we have all these big things that motivate her to do the things that have bettered herself. Or whatever, in a sense, or made changes to herself, really, depending on how you want to look at it. But in the grand scheme of, like, the world, it didn't make anything. It, it didn't actually make anything. Yeah. And I think that's a problem with books, is that when you have plots, they need to matter to the book. They need yeah. to matter to the story. And sometimes simple is better. The main point of this book was Nesta making new friends and building her life and, and having Cassian and going on the big mountain trial, right? Yeah. That was the point. Yep. And that would have been a great book. The Troves, the Death God, the Queen, Eris, Elaine, Moore, Rhysand, Favor, none of it contributed to the book. She didn't even really explore her powers on that. No, honestly. And that could have been the big point. The, the Troves? <laughs> Someone called it like hunting the horcruxes. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah, we went on a, a hunt for these horcruxes, and they did nothing. We dragged it out, and then it was just like, nothing. Nothing came of this. And I was like, what? And literally, the point was, I will just shove them away like we did pieces of the cauldron. Speaking of which, spoiler alert, 
she doesn't get her powers from the cauldron. She all of a sudden randomly acquired them from the mother. It doesn't make any to sense. To make the book work, she changed, she like retconned. You can't do you that. You can't retcon. And it just felt like... That's such a bad move. It felt like an unfinished book, like it hadn't gotten through the editing process, or like someone's fan fiction. Oh, I don't hate fan fiction. fiction. But it doesn't like. But that's a that is a thing that you have a give and take in fan fiction with, where you're like, I understand this is fan fiction, and I can make these concessions and be totally okay with it. Be very happy reading it. It's fan fiction. It's not canonical. If this had been it. on a Wattpad, I would have been like, dang, this is a good fan fiction. Yeah. For this to come from the author, I it's felt awkward. like this is a problem that people have with Star Wars. You can't <laughs> retcon things, okay? Because then it breaks the world. Yeah. And it pulls you out of it. And for me, Nessa would have been fine in a fan fiction because when other authors write a character, they perceive it differently. Mm-hmm. This was the same character that Sarah J. Mass already wrote. Yeah. And total, I mean, I don't know. I didn't hate the book. I enjoyed it. But it did read like fan fiction to me. And that makes me really critical of it because there was so much of it that was jarring. The plot jumped around. You said that I'm never going to stop thinking about that. It just didn't feel like it did much for the world or the universe. And I keep, like, I'm reading several books at the same time. Mm And, you know, Chain of Iron, it really feels like it's the same universe. The King of Scars is a separate duology from the OG, and it feels like the same I universe. Feel like if she, yeah, I feel like if she had played this the way that Leigh Bardugo, Cassandra Kerr, Claire play those things where they say, here is my entire story universe, but I have separate series. Yes. You know, infernal devices, mortal instruments, blah, 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 blah. I mean, she's got something going on. But Leigh Bardugo, she's like, here's the Grishaverse. Yeah. Here's the trilogy. Here's Six of Crows. Here's the next one. She And you've got the magic system. You've got the land. But you don't have to worry about all those other characters that you don't care about, and you focus on these new oh, characters in I, each one. I would have even that enjoyed... That really helped this out. I would have enjoyed it if it had been like, okay, they start the journey, and they say, okay, we need to get Nesta out of this crazy situation. She's going to go on this personal journey with these group of people yeah that would have been fine you can introduce the new characters you could have left the old behind and would have felt yeah. like a progression towards something but this just couldn't make up its mind it couldn't make up its mind what book it wanted to be and who it wanted the main characters to be and what story it wanted to follow and what loops to tie in i really anticipated such a different story edit too and i mean that's nobody's fault but my own right but I guess that's why I'm a little disappointed is I thought we were going to see a lot more of Lucian yeah. and maybe um, Vasa. Yeah. I thought we were going to see a lot more of them and maybe like some resolution about his mating situation with Elaine. Yeah. Maybe she was going to, Nessa could have become friends with them. They could have gone on like a journey to battle yeah. the queens. Cassian could have accompanied them as a general. Somewhere. And that didn't end up happening. They literally just said the queens are gone. There's one queen now. Where did they go? And even her at the end, it's like, oh, well, that's done. Like, okay. But that's how most of the book felt to me. And I'm sorry. I don't want to break anyone's heart because I'm a huge Nessa Cassian fan. Okay, love it. I was into it. I was feeling it. I liked it. I was into it. The book? 
I literally didn't care about the relationship. Oh. I did not. And oh. I, I was so annoyed by the rest of the book that I was just like, I rolled my eyes so many times. <laughs> you know what? I it liked it. Me. I liked it way more from Cassian's perspective than Nesta's. And I usually hate reading yeah. the male POV. Like, even the little tidbits of Rhysand, I'm like, okay, cool. Get back to Pharaoh. But... I loved reading from Cassian's point of view. I didn't. I didn't hate it as much from Cassian's point of view. But I also like. I don't know. Nessa would literally just be like. Like it. She'd be like, Does he like me? Does he want to get with me again? I'm just not sure. I'm tired and I'm gonna go to sleep now. Cassian would be like, I'm so stressed out. Oh my gosh, she's all I can think about. And he would really like the get pining. into it with himself. The pine. I need pining. Cassian had a lot more. He pining. had pining. Okay, and I, I said no pining. I need my MC to just be like, oh, will he? Won't we? Like that pool, that like, yeah. ugh. Okay. Yeah. Nesta was just like, okay, daddy, smut. Yeah. End of story. And I was like, but where's the? She had, a, and I get that can be part of her personality. She had, she's a very confident person. Yeah. She had a little bit of faltering. But then as soon as she realized she didn't need to falter with him, it would just be like, oh, I'm tired and I'm not. She would spare no thought for him. And I think that's the difference between, like, you know, having confidence is one thing, but this wasn't that. It was just, like, negligence. He was consumed by her entirely. Yeah. And, and she I, was just like, he's cool. I want some, like, you know, like, I want to see some woo. Yeah. I want the woo, and it's something that I oh, you wanted him to woo her? I wanted someone to woo someone. <laughs> I mean, like, she's not, I mean, I, I would say she's not, like, the wooing type. Though. She's not the wooing type. What was he going to woo her with? I don't know. Books. But I would have liked, like, some of their banter, you know, because yeah. that was, like, where my interest struck. They needed like, more banter. Where, like, Rissam was, like, flirty with Feyre. Yeah. Nessie and Cassie were, like, squaring off. And I was like, ooh, that's some, like, tension energy I need. I was, you're right, I was really looking forward to that. And literally as soon as they first got together and started having whatever kind of, you know, little sexual relationship they were having, banter died. Absolutely gone. And then it just felt really dumb to me. Like, there was nothing that drew me in to ship it. You know, there was, like, no moment because it would go from, like, nothing, 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 slut. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, I mean, okay. Yeah, it would definitely go from, I'm having this huge emotional experience. I'm tired. And then we would just get like a little snippet of, yeah, we had sex for like four days. It was tight. Now we're going on this mission. And I'm not thinking about it anymore. What? There was no. There's there was no, no, this, isn't a, this isn't a flow. And this also isn't even like a high and low. It was just you know, like. like the squeal like moment, scattering. like when like Rhysand pops up to the boat and he's like, hello, favorite darling. <laughs> okay, it <laughs> makes you go, <laughs> like, even just thinking about it now, just, I got like oh really excited. And I, uh, your heart is just like, oh my God, I needed that moment. Like it, you're lying. It's like your invisible dust off this jacket. I'm, like if my SO texts me something yeah, and it's just super precious, I cannot help myself. I'm just like, it's so cute. Okay. I need those moments in a book for me to ship the couple. You're right. Then. And I cannot, going back, think of one moment that was like a squeal-worthy moment. They had the smile. They even had, the, and they grew to have like an emotional connection where I realize I care about him now yeah. more than a sexual way. He always cared about her more than that. And like, they're realizing these things about each other. But there's no big, like, 
climatic moment where it's just like there's no squeal moment there wasn't a moment that made even me when they first got together it was more just like when it was like oh and then her lips crashed to his i was like okay it wasn't where i was just like finally her yeah. lips crashed to his it was just oh they're doing there it now no, like there was no like kiss me until i'm sick of it moment you know, yeah. there was no moment that was like, oh my God, this is like going on every bookmark. This is going, yeah. this is like the theme of the book. You know, you have a t-shirt and it says, hello, favorite darling. You know, like the quotable moment. Yeah. Yeah. When there was no, there was no moment when for they first, them. When they first kissed, I was just very surprised about when it happened and I was like, Oh, it was. The, I mean, like it was the smut was fine. It was smutty, so I was like, "That's cool." <laughs> That's cool. The smut was well. It wasn't like super. She's written some really cringy smut before. This was not cringy. It was well written smut, yeah. But it was uh, tasteful, I think. Oh. <laughs> I just finished reading *Flames of Chaos*. Oh. Um. Which was recommended to me by Book Talk. I gotta stop reading things that were recommended to me by Book Talk. I think Yo, at least on the 18, 18 plus le- eighteen plus level because. They're never what I want them to be. That was a smut book. It wasn't good, man. I guess there was no sensuality to it. Oh, yeah, this that's is not good. What do I do but get off on tangents when we do this? That's um, <laughs> what we do. <laughs> but it was, there was no sensuality. It was literally just like, there was so much plot going on in the background, but it was just like, all we're doing is like blinking all the time. Yeah. And I was like, but it wasn't even good. It wasn't well written. You weren't getting like any of like those sultry details yeah. or like heated glances, whatever. It was literally just like we locked eyes, and and then we started doing it. And I like the way SJM wrote this a lot better. So yeah, I think first month was it was fine. It was good. Following that immediately, oh, it was a lot I better. Did, in a better place. It, it didn't make me cringe. That part didn't. But it was the times after that that made me like, oh my god, like get through it already. Sometimes it, I felt like, is this SJM? Because the language was so different. And I guess I'm just, I mean, I'm not used to it. her dropping all you these know what? Uh, It's how she words. Crescent City to me. Oh, yeah, where she was just it, like, I wanted to drop all these F-bombs because I Yeah, can. and then I didn't like Hunt and Bryce either. And it yeah. felt the same for like, for like Hunt and Cassie and Red Light. Uh, Hunt and Cassie, same person, honestly. <laughs> no, like, person. Bryce is still my fave. Uh, Nesta, it was like the same kind of relationship where I didn't get any squeal moments with Hunt and Bryce either. Mm. And I didn't get any squeal moments from here. And so I think for me, without the squeal moments, I don't care. I'm just like... Do you think she was going for a slow burn and it was unsuccessful? For which one? In either case. I think definitely for Crescent City she was... Because... Yeah, they, she was going for a slow burn. They, I just didn't care. In Crescent City, she was that was hyped and hyped and hyped as a big adult read, and then there was they like didn't even have sex in that book. So I think she was there. really going for like yeah. you don't have to you can be sexually like into somebody without really like being in love with them yet. Yeah, and like around. I like that. Like yeah. yes, for the liberation. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't want to read about it because I don't care about it. Yeah. Like I don't care. And there was that's nothing what that fan fiction is, is for. That's what you that's know, fan fiction, okay? That's what a little hundred page blip is for. Yeah. That's not what eight hundred pages is and for. And it just felt like um mission, 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 smut, mission, smut, Cassie and Pining, uh, favor, more drops into window, someone away, mission, random queen, 
power trove. And I was like, what is happening? Oh, and in the end, we'll just go on this, actually, the main point of the book with my friends. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, was really all over the place. It was not linked well. Which is why I stand by. She should have, I think, kept it. I liked everything that was happening. It was just too jumbly. Break it up. Make it a smaller series. Yeah. It could have been a novella. Yeah, it could have been. Could have been, if you could have either cut it way down and made it a novella, or made it like a little duology. Even. Yeah, a duology would have been good. Yeah. It just it did feel jarring, and I think that it was so jarring I couldn't focus on one part, mm-hmm. and I had a real problem focusing on the relationship, and it didn't do it for me. And I just I, I know that I won't look back and go, oh, Cassie and Nesta. I just yeah. want, which I really wanted to do. I really wanted to do, because I love. I, I just wanted her to be that cold, like... I wanted them to be, like, like this couple that was just, like, a powerhouse, you know? Like, yes, the, where he was just, like, the I'm, tension. I'm, like, that brutal warrior right. type, right? And he's still, like, a good person, whatever. We already knew that, but he was just, like, the one who's so unafraid The one who just runs the summer court, you know? Yeah, the, the one who broke the building. I wanted that, and then she and even then, made him yeah. seem like... I, I didn't like how his broodiness kept coming off like a, like a big bully for being a brute. He was so proud of who he was. And now I feel like yeah. like all the things that made Cassie in this life, like they kept quite like alluding that he was like stupid just because he was powerful or yeah, like physically or like, strong and or job. That was okay, like, Cassie's I didn't a job, like that. right? They were like he's a meathead. He is a meathead. All of the phase in this court are buff as yeah. all get out. He is a meathead, and I love that it was a joke that he destroyed the summer court because it's so, like, it's what makes him likable. Yeah. And then it kind of flipped the script, and I don't know. Even that just seemed like, okay, all the things that we talked about Cassian being Cassian, yeah. we're now going to, like, make it something else. I was like, yeah, but I want the guy who's, like, a big Labrador that, like, knocks things over and is also, like, really intelligent. And, like, yeah. I want him to be this full fleshed out character, and when someone's like, he's a brute, he's like... Yeah, listen to this story. And yeah. Stephanie was like, oh no, it hurts my feelings. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> who is this? He was ugh, he was boring real hard on the line of simp right there. And you know I don't I don't hang around for a simp. He wasn't even like Cardin simp. He was just simp simp. Because you love a simp and you aren't here for him. Yeah. And he's yeah, he's right there on the line. So like I don't dislike him because he's not a simp. But yeah, he was a little too Ugh. I, I just tell you that I get so much crap because of these muscles, man. No. Oh, you think I'm a brute? Push him over and keep walking. That's what I would have asked him to do. What Nesta would have been like, the meathead and the mean girl? That is a trope I am here for. I would have Meathead and mean girl? Devour. I would have meathead and mean girl. Yes. Tropes are here for a reason. Let's talk about that. Woo. I love a mean girl. Ain't take nothing heartless with a simp. Okay, I, you do. Give me more. Give me more of it. Because I'm like two of my favorite books are <laughs> Judy Carden. <laughs> Judy Carden. <laughs> I love a meanie with a simp. Yes. And you know Jude is written as a meanie, and she there's not a nice bone in her body. That's she's very caring, I, very that's, loving. That's why I love Jude though. Is she ruthless? She was like, yeah, I killed them. I'd so, do it again. I'd do it. I, I'd, I'd do it again. I don't feel bad about it, and I don't feel bad that I don't feel bad. And then you get a simp. Like a pretty boy simp. 
Carbon was just like, you hate me? Hard eyes. Say it again. Yeah. Say less, girl. <laughs> and I love it. And I would have loved, like, Nessa to be the same as Jude, just, like, ruthless and unapologetic for it. But yeah. she still had heart. Jude really cares. Jude loves Carden. Jude yeah. loves her family. You can't, you can't reason that away. You can't be heartless or cold and be like, I'm going to kill for those people. There's and, you know, everybody else can hate me for it and think I'm trash. That's kind of where reason came from earlier in Avatar. Yeah. He was like, yeah. I'll do anything. I will absolutely be the monster of the Night Court if it means you know, this small circle of people. I even like how Rhysand was written here where he really was eaten up with what was going to happen with Vayra. Yeah. I loved that. Okay, that felt like Rhysand to me. It was but then he was also super it, controlling and like there was some weirdness where he was like mean to Nesta for no reason and like, I don't know, he was written in a way that made me go, who is this guy? Like, what happened to the Rhysand I knew and loved? Yeah. And Vayra was written like this hippie sweetheart. I'm like, who is this? I didn't get Farrah in this one at all. She Farrah. was just kind of like, oh, I'm so sweet in here. I am I am here for all my trauma, and I'm here to teach you. And I was like, who is this, like, <laughs> who is this yoga instructor? Like, right? I she was just like, I just want my sisters to be happy, and let's all hold hands and get along. Kumbaya, darling. <laughs> um, this book was all over the place. The characters were all over the place. Sometimes they read like them, and sometimes I was like, oops. Yeah. Is this? And, and I no tropes that I loved. I would have loved me and girl head. We didn't get it. I would have loved um, girl goes on mission with BFFs. Sort of got that, but then a there was sprinkle. like a it was like smooshed right in the end and like okay we did it. I would have uh-huh. loved like the guard trope a little bit. Like she had to go on a mission yeah. and he had to like be there while she Ooh. did it. And she was yeah. all cold, yeah. didn't care about him. I don't need you. And he was just like, well, I'm here because he made me. But, like, don't fall off that cliff. You know? I didn't get a lot. Like, they randomly went camping for, like, three weeks in the wilderness. Um, because she was so mean. They had to, like, escape the night court. Okay. And then they immediately <laughs> went back to the night court. They and were like, like oh, it's been a couple hours. It's fine. Come back. And he was just like, nah. We're going to do this because I want to do this. That, I know it was like she was playing on the male like need to protect that primal instinct yeah. they have. Don't act like Pharaoh can override that. You've already established that it's its whole own thing. So yeah. I didn't I didn't like where that came in. They could have had that conversation where like I understand but reason is still too sensitive. You need to stay away for a little bit. Yeah. That would have made a little more sense. Or they could have just stayed camping. Yeah. And he could have been she could have been like, hey talk to me and he could have been like, nah, you can't know where we are so your husband doesn't kill us. So like this is this is like what tripped me out. This was like in chapter like ten. Okay. <laughs> all right. So and then all the whole rest of the book, I kept thinking about it. So like they they leave mm-hmm. because and they have to like go to the wilderness because she's really managed to piss off Rizan, right? Mm-hmm. And then Pharaoh's like, he must leave because my husband's a brute. He might kill you. And then instead of training. And then going on the blood right where she meets her BFFs oh, and they're like man. all in a traveling companion and they train at the Illyrian camp and then they like do all this stuff. They went camping, went to Illyrian camp, trained a little bit but she refused to train so they went back to the House of Wind yeah. because she will train there and then she meets her BFFs and then they go back to the Illyrian camp for yeah. her to do the blood right. What? Why would you not just 
what? Well, it was about her. I get it in the beginning because it was about her pride. And he was just like, I should have known she wasn't going to train yeah. in front of all these people because she's way too prideful. So I got that. And then bring her to the house. And that was a good play for her to meet her friends because, like, shared trauma bonds. Okay, I see, like, the play you're making there, SJM. But you see what, like, it felt jumpy to me. But, yeah, like, the time, yeah. I what feel like it was, it was a lot of this. Yeah. And if she, pick a direction. Mm. That's all I wanted was for someone to pick a direction and then go with Like, if we wanted to stay with the house of wind, by the way, the house relationship with Nesta, adorable. Oh, my gosh, when the house... Um, spoiler alert, when the house family like reveals its heart to Nesta, super cute. And she's like, oh, everybody's been so afraid of you, but you're super just trying cute. to show that you can relate to them. Um, but I also was a little confused because like, um, that, the house had, what, what? It had never been shown that the house like had that a heart that people were yeah. like, um, people hadn't responded well to its darkness, literally never been established before. So it'd be like if I just was like, Kayla, I love that you've always accepted my weird knack for twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> and Kayla was like, yeah, I always accept people's weird habits, but I have never twiddled my thumbs at work before. <laughs> <laughs> what are you referring back to exactly? So she was like, I accepted the heart of the house. And we were like, oh, that's so dope. Wait, what? What heart of the house? <laughs> no, yeah, nobody ever goes to those lower levels. Well, I have to shelve these books. If nobody goes to those lower levels, why are the books there? Why and how did they leave? Shelve the books down there. Where? Who got the books? Right. And then it was just like, okay, so the heart, like the 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 house had like this darkness, right? Yeah. And Nesta embraced it because Nesta also has a heart of darkness. You get it? You see the parallels? Yeah, Do you yeah. see the Ooh. symbolism? It's Again, why she should have been a morally gray character. Exactly. Um. So the Nesta embraces the darkness of the house, and you're like, oh, that's so cool. But the darkness of the house has never been previously established, and no other character has ever struggled or mentioned it. Well, it was where Briaxis lived, right? Yeah. But that was where, that's what made the house dark, was Briaxis lived there? I see, yeah. So Briaxis was, like, was what was scary. So it didn't make sense, and it was like the mother thing. It was yeah. just like explained by something else entirely, but it had already been established in a previous book what it is. Yeah. Briaxis was the darkness of the house. Mm -hmm. But now we know the darkness is the house. And you're like, well, then what did Briaxis? Why was why what? he in there? Well, what was he, he showing was, in there for? I thought that's what he was down there for. He was showing everybody nightmares. Right? Okay, so confused. And it was like, well, Nesta gets her power from the cauldron, except she got it from the mother. And you're yeah. like... And that, okay. like, not alluded to at all. Like, I... What? If she was, like, sitting there in her room right after they visited her old cottage, like, what? She randomly got this little carving of the mother and yeah. she was like this might be the mother i don't even know it could be a priestess and she's staring at a carving that she got that her dad made which was a flower they don't say where she, or when she got the carving just yeah. that she randomly has it in her room now and she's just like oh cool there's this carving i guess i'll put it next to this other carving and i promise i don't like really deep read books like i just kind of take it for face value but there were so many glaringly yeah. obvious, like, wait, what moments that I could not overlook it. And it kind of, like, even when I was hearing all these cute things that were supposedly happening between Cassie and Nessa, I was like, oh, my God, I don't care. <laughs> because there were so many other things that I was like, what is this? Like, it was just, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, what did I just read? Your mind was wrapped up in other things. You yeah. 
Yeah. Like, and I could not get past it. Like, I like I spent a lot of the book going, why are we doing this? What is this? And mm-hmm. then I finished the book going, what happened <laughs> here? Like, what? What did I just read? I. And of course, I immediately jumped into Chain of Iron, and I got my squeal moment on so chapter feel, nine. You feel a little better now. And all everything makes sense, and I can tell there's a plot that's going somewhere, <laughs> and like you know things are carrying as it is, and magical swords that come out of the book actually yeah. have a purpose, and aren't just being like, oh yeah, we're just gonna toss those in the fridge. Like what? The fact that they don't explore. It's literally called a court of silver flames. She flashes the silver flames of her eyes constantly, but they do not explore her power at all. It randomly helped oh, create these weapons. Inconsistent. She, yeah, she put the holes in the wall when she freaked out. Nobody says, hey, we should check on this. Because yeah. they just don't care to anymore. Oh, and then it gets addressed. They were like, oh, well, you know, uh, Amron was going to train her, but then she said no. Yeah, I stopped deciding to train you because you didn't. You didn't care to train anymore. Okay, not like she could literally burn the world down. And then it was you like, are petty. What is? Millennium. I still don't understand what Nessa's power is because you were like, she's literally death. But then but she then, also like. But then she was cold fire things. Yeah. And cold fire, and she, she like made imparts things in things, and she can remake. That's a very creationist type thing, right? Yeah, and you're like, a okay, maker. so what about the fire? Silver. Yeah. So, but her hands turn to things that can go through stone. And you're yeah. like, okay, but what is her path? What is she? Yeah. I need an explanation here. Oh, and, and if she's she, dead, why can't she just... Even when she was scared, and like when the Kelpie guy was like, cool, her power is going to come out, and like... She's going to fight this Kelpie, and it was like, no, I'm going to, like, grab this magical object, and it's going to help me. Yeah. I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. Oh, and that's why the troves come in, and I'm like, what? Right. But, oh, but she can use the troves, because she was called her maid. But not really. But then she's also mother maid. So is the mother maid thing just superseding so, everything else? So now that doesn't line up with anything else. And just... and. Yeah, there was so much of the book, I was like, what? There's a lot of inconsistencies Super I need to analyze all of it. I was really excited to, if and when I get a copy of this book physically, I wanted to tab it. It was going to be the first book that I tabbed. Oh, yeah. Because then I was going to go back and reread all the other SJM books, and I was going to tab quotable moments and Easter eggs, yeah. and I was really going to like play that all out. Now I don't really care to. I feel like I did. The inconsistencies are a little much for me. Uh, if I tap it now, I'd probably just be like, I like purple saved some things, but I read it. I, I audio booked it. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why I caught so many of the weird things, right? Mm-hmm. That I was like listening and be like, wait, hold up, what? Mm-hmm. I just, I can't, I can't with it. I feel like we really ripped this pretty hard. The, the smell was pretty decent. The smell was pretty decent. Again. Definitely not a YA read. Don't audio book it around your kids. Oh, no, this is not safe for work. Please don't listen to this at work. Yeah. Let me no. don't, <laughs> don't listen to it at work. I did. Until I learned not to. Until I was like, oh, it's too spicy. I was, uh, too spicy. I was reading it on the work computer, and then I was like, ooh. Nope. 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 Exit. Nope. Exit. Exit. Um, yeah. The book was not horrible. It it's not bad. a horrible book. I like the way it dealt with 
Trump. I love the way I dealt There's with There's a lot of ways you can explore that. I will say, the way that Nesta dealt with her trauma is not how I do or would like to. No. But it is a health His own. If you read a book about dealing with trauma, this is how you would tell other people to deal with trauma. I don't hate it. Okay. It is healthy on paper. And some people it works really well to, you know, do the whole exercise yeah. thing, whatever. But, like, I'm glad she did a lot of self-reflection and made friends and was able to, like, I talk things out with them and, like, build meaningful relationships. Her friends were cute. I really liked her friends. I did like her friends a lot. I would have rather focused on the friends and not had more pop in every chapter. Oh, who was literally just a sounding board for Cassie and to express his feelings <laughs> so Cassie wasn't talking to himself. That was my favorite part about Maureen as well. <laughs> Was that, you know, like... So you didn't just have that internal dialogue? Yeah, so you didn't have internal dialogue. You just had more pop in and go, Hey, Cassie. And he was like, I really have these feelings. And she'd be like, bye. <laughs> like, she'd be like, feelings are cool. Express yourself. And then she just <laughs> went out. And you were like, what did Laura do here? That's how I felt about every of the old kids. Like, oh, she's busy on the continent. She's here a lot for someone who's You know, busy. like, when they write off a character in a TV show for, like, um, okay, the actress is pregnant, and they just, she's on maternity leave, and they're like, oh, this Dr. <laughs> MD is at a convention for the next three weeks. That's how they do it. That's what they do with more. <laughs> and there was so much of it that I was like, why is this here? Like, okay, you know, like, when they replace an actress. Yeah. Like, they did in that 70s show, they replace an actress, and you're like, that's not the same actress, but we're just all going to pretend it is. That's how Feyre came off. Like, yes, <laughs> that's how I came off. Feyre was replaced by Feyre, different actress Feyre. You know how there's that whole theory that Avril Lavigne, like, got cloned? Yes. and she did. That's a fact, though. I don't agree with that. But that is absolutely what happened to Feyre here. I, uh, she was like, this is what Feyre would say. Feyre was someone else completely. Feyre had no of her like goofy, kind of silly, high queen, high lady. Like, Feyre was no. like like snooty, kind of. Like, I don't she know. She barely was like, Okay, like, and then, then you had this person who was like, who is this? Hippie, incense burning. Yeah. I'm best friends with a bay now. I must better you, Nesta. They Who? really just, another thing they wrote off was that Elaine business. Like, Elaine, we finished Avatar and she couldn't talk to anybody and she was like, I have, like, a sense of the cauldron and, like, premonition, whatever. And I'm spaced out all the time and I don't want to talk to anybody. And now she's just like, I'm fine and I garden and life is cool and life is great. And it's all super wonderful. I just... Elaine was so pointless. Yeah. As was the only good part of She just flipped around. As? As. Nothing happened with that. Nope. Nothing happened with that. He was there for comedic relief. He was there just to say, you did nasty things at my kitchen table. And And I just sat down and ate there. And ate there. Um, Disgusting. And As sometimes, like, had a feeling, sometimes briefly, like... He, he did helped. occasionally hold a gaze a little long. Yeah. Or uh, have his shadows do the thing. Oh my god. If I swear to god, I was going to lose it if one more person gasped at a power and as his shadows <laughs> moved to or from somebody. Oh, and her new, her new expression, the silver in their eyes. 
Oh, when they started to cry. When they started silver crying, lined her eyes. silver lined her eyes. I was like, what is that? Like, I don't think my eyes look silver when I cry. I don't like, ever, I don't ever believe that. I like, like such a weird line. It's so weird. I would have taken Brett any is, other cringy line. Brett does that so much. I like, like it. Sufa behind her eyes. She cried. She's crying. You could just say tears formed in her eyes. Like tears welled in her eyes. It, I, don't, I don't know why it has to be a color. I don't, and it was dumb. Cause like then I could all I could think about was how many times we use silver. Amron had silver eyes. Nessa has silver That's flames. Yeah. Apparently people cry. It looks silver. Also, As the shadows move to and from me. Yeah. Somebody in a Facebook group I pointed out, or I mean pointed out also, that she uses the former and the latter a lot, and I couldn't stop stop thinking about it. And she does. She does all the time. So I wouldn't call these signature moves. I would just say um, thesaurus.com is really useful. Sarah J. Mass, dear Sarah J. Mass. There is silver lining my eyes right now, <laughs> thinking about all of these things, and I need you to stop. Stop doing them. I need you to rewrite <laughs> to rewrite Alcatar and then just end it, okay? I'm I really did read this part, and I'm so sorry because I really didn't hate it, but like I actually did. Not I I enjoyed it, and it was like, you know what? It was comforting because it was a world that I liked and was familiar with and like reading about you know the magic system everything like that like I'm really into it it's comfortable because it's familiar and that's why I liked it but would I say it's outstanding? No. This reminded me very strongly of Throne of Glass. I love Throne of Glass though. I wasn't getting I think I'm one of the only people who don't like Throne of Glass for the same reasons I didn't like this one. And it's just because I felt like Throne of Glass could not make up its mind about what it wanted to be. I will argue here and say that she started Throne of Glass when she was very young, like a teenager. And like really by book three or four, she grows into it a lot. The writing, the actual writing gets a lot better. I think the plot was always good and I liked it a lot, but the way it's written gets much better as it progresses. yeah, I just didn't like Throne of Glass <laughs> for the same reason. And I think that that was the thing is like I would have liked it if I had started it book three or four. You can't though. But it was like when I start a book and I see a lot of inconsistencies and I see a lot of plot jumping, it's so hard for me to remain invested. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I couldn't get into Throne of Glass because like when it started to pick up, I was already like, well, this is in direct conflict with what you just said here. Yeah. And I felt that way a lot about this one, and it didn't happen in Avatar. In really Avatar obvious is, ways. is very solid. You know, even when Feyre chooses Tamlin over Rhysand, yeah. it's explained and it's not retconned away. It would almost be like if in book three, Feyre was all of a sudden like, yeah, but Tamlin's got the roses. And right. you're like, but you just, but you just said how much you hated the roses. She it wasn't was trying to be so complex in Avatar either, yeah, though. Like, she just wrote the book. She was like, I want to do a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Go off, girl. Mm-hmm. And she did it. And then she was like, I want to make it a little spicy. And then and she, she did. did. And then she did. And she was like, cool, I'm done. And then she ended it. And it was it was cool. You could have had... Throne of Glass this is a little more complicated, actually, for yeah, a earlier really series. Is. It's really complicated. There's a lot going on. And I didn't hate the characters out. either. 
there's, um, sorry, I will say this. This is something that I have an issue with Sarah J. Mass for. There's a different series called the Black Jewels Trilogy, mm-hmm. and it's written by Ann Bishop. Mm-hmm. And I read Ann Bishop's book before I read Sarah J. Mass, right? So, and this is mentioned on Reddit too. This oh, yeah, I've told me this before. Sarah J. Mass has either read the Black Jewels Trilogy or is just coincidentally. Really similar. (laughs) I think that there are things that have been heavily borrowed from the Black Joel trilogy. And if anyone wants to read the Black Joel trilogy, I will give you a warning. It's weird. I don't know if it's good. It's an interesting magic system, but it is very 90s fantasy. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of problematic things, right? There's a ton of problematic things. Mm -hmm. But down to a winged male heavy, patriarchal, um, borderline, barbaric society of people with wings, bat-like wings, Mm -hmm. that live in mountains and have a blood rite that consists of them battling the mountain, and they fly, and they have little hooks on their wings, and they have jewels, and black hair, and tan skin, and one are called the Illyrians, and one are called Irians. Yeah. Does that sound like a little... I feel like we could have separated a little bit more there. There's a lot of those things that come up in both Throne of Glass and Avatar, which I will say was not in this book. Themes are definitely coincidental throughout fantasy stories, of course, especially fairy-based ones. Yeah. They brought up, like, the Wild Hunt and things like that that are mentioned. That's also mentioned in the Mortal Instruments sequel series, things like that. But there's a difference between taking concepts and taking straight descriptions. And that's why I don't want to say it's like plagiarized, because I don't think it is. But I do think that there are things that were heavily borrowed from the Black Jewel trilogy, or that things that seem very, very consistent in both stories of Throne of Glass and Avatar. Those things were not in this book, Court of Silver Flames. So I was happy to see that, and that is something that I've noticed about Sarah J. Mass, is that she latches onto ideas, Mm -hmm. and kind of like wants to do a bit of everything and I think that when she ignores that her writing gets better. Yeah. But those jumps between ideas happens in a lot of her series. Mm-hmm. In different ways. And that would be one of my main criticisms of her books is that they are very jumpy. And it's like she sees something and she wants to do it and can't say no to it. Yeah. Whether That's it be why you have editors, SJM. Um yeah. I feel like your editors might be a little scared of you. Maybe you should get some more. And it just feels like even if like I saw something that I really liked in another author's book, there you can borrow less yeah. or not include it or change it. And I feel like Sarah J. Mass really needs to work on being her own voice mm-hmm. and trusting her own instincts. And in this book, those instincts were jumpy. It was like she couldn't say she wanted to include this and so she did and it didn't fit and she wanted to include this and it didn't fit. She can't yeah. let go of an idea. Yeah. And she needs to. And this book would have been better if she had, if she learns to let go of an idea she has. If it's from another author or inspiration or that she's just really attached to her old characters. Like, yeah. you gotta cut the cord. I agree. Anything I read about the editing process before this came out was that they cut out, like, smut scenes. I never read anything that they were cutting out about plot and or characterization or anything. And Throwing a glass could have, I think, been served as that, too. 
because it really did feel like, and I got the point, okay, like I got the symbolism between the two different stories. That's my little baby. But I felt like even then, it seemed like she had a brain baby and couldn't let go of it and wanted to smush it with another one. Mm -hmm. And so she created these storylines to serve her plot that didn't really, you could have done without them. It would have been a fine book without them. And sometimes I think that about Sarah J. Mass. I know it's paining <laughs> you to hear this. I just love Throne of Glass. I love it very, very much. I just, I see that in her. And I'm like, it's one thing that really bothers me. Mm -hmm. Is that she could have, she could not do these things. Yeah. I see what you mean though. Yeah, it's, you can have great ideas, but sometimes you have to sacrifice them to make a great story. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, if you have anything that happens in a book, it needs to serve the plot. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because there's a lot of things that I'd be like, ooh, but what if we saw this? Yeah. If it doesn't serve the plot, it's not for your book. Yeah. And Easter eggs are cool too, but like, were there even any Easter eggs in here? No. Because when you get to this level that Sergio Mass is at, that's the only thing that doesn't serve the plot that I would expect to see is a little... Yeah sprinkle here and there of an allusion to other series. Yeah. But that wasn't there. It was just excess tidbits. I think the dancing this was one. the most obvious example <laughs> of like a cool idea but super unnecessary. Where what purpose does this serve? And she, it was it like, like she just wanted really badly to have a party. Yeah. And she wanted Nesta to have like oh this was like so cringe. This really didn't make me realize. Like Elaine was like You've never heard the story of Nesta dancing? And you were like, no. <laughs> I've never even heard of this before. What the hell? She stole the Duke's heart at mere 14 by dancing. And you're like, that's creepy. That's weird. And then it was like, okay, Nesta danced, and then it was never mentioned again. Yeah. And you're like, well, well, what? Like, what? What? Oh, so the heiress could like want to marry her. Yeah. Which, by the way, goes da -da -da, nowhere. Yeah. It doesn't go anywhere. I was like, oh, so he's going to be like lusting after her hardcore now, and she's going to be like, Arr. no. Had it. It didn't need to be there. It was. It didn't. Nothing. Necessary. And it was like, oh, that's so cool that like Nessa loves to dance, but you hadn't previously established it. It doesn't serve the plot. Yeah. And you could literally have her sigh. I love to dance. And then, you know, you've yeah. established this about the character, you can move on now. Yeah. This took up, like, a chapter. Yeah. I really actually worked really hard to speed read that whole chapter because I thought something significant, like, dramatic was going to happen at the end of it. No. Nothing did. I was like, um, yeah, cool. That was kind of a waste of my time. That's what it is. When she, like, it's like she has this idea and she can't let go of yeah. it. Like, she loved reading about this race of people in a book she's read. Yeah. And she needed to include it in her own. That's great. Because it didn't sacrifice any of the book. Yeah. It came off a little like, oh, that's okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it served a purpose for the book. It like yeah. created a world, right? But in a lot of ways she either has an idea or likes something and includes it in the book and it goes nowhere. Yeah. And I think that would be a criticism of Sarah J. Mass's books, is that like you can yeah. you can not you don't yeah. have to include everything you think of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sort out your ideas. You know, get a big huge wall, storyboard it out. Like like get you some yarn, right? And the yarns that don't connect, don't get rid of those don't things. Include it. Yeah. And I think those would be 
like the most obvious things that annoy me about Sarah J. Mass's books. And then now two of them. Yeah. Um, because it's why I didn't like Throne of Glass. Yeah. And it's why I didn't like this one, is it just feels jumpy to me. I could have done without so many POVs in Throne of Glass. Yeah. Um, really, you know what? No, I just could have done without Tower of Dawn. Who cares about Tower of Dawn? But there's a lot of, I'm sorry, there's a lot of Throne of Glass. And I think because I came into it after Actor, I didn't read it before. I think that's how a lot of people are because actually when I went into Sarah J. Mass as an author, People were telling me you were either going to like Avatar or Throne of Glass, and I like both. Yeah. But they are very different, and people are usually very sided about it. I, and I read Avatar first, and then I tried to go back to read Throne of Glass. Very and I was like, time. okay, so the first one I was like, all right, all right, I get where you're going. And then book two, I was like, I mean, I kind of get where you're going. Yeah. And then book three, I was like, oh, I know where this is going, but why did we need the first two books? That could have been the first half of the third book, and we would have been fine. Um, and then, yeah. like, there was a lot of stuff that I was just like, did this need? Like, did we need to? Did yeah. we need this? I feel like it was, and it's just me defending it. I feel like it was her, like, growing as an author or, like, yeah. really developing Aelin as a character. But, yeah, like, objectively, you could cut a lot of it out. And she should have learned it. from that. You know, yeah, that, that so those mistakes should younger not happen. And her that was the learning experience. How, okay, so you have like seven books of Thorn of Glass, right? Yeah. Okay, and then you have three of Akatar, mm-hmm. one Crescent City. And so this is like her. I can't count. Seven and three, or ten <laughs> and then eleven. So this is her twelfth book. Yeah. She should not be making these mistakes. Her twelfth book should be a masterpiece. Yeah. And she should be collaborating and editing with enough people. That if she is getting tunnel vision, they should be, that's, you know, reeling her back. And I don't saying, like hey. to compare writers because you often can't. But Leopard Davis started with the Grishaverse. Mm-hmm. And the first three were good. They were, yeah, yeah I don't love them. They were, they were good. Six of Crows duality. Six of Crows was amazing. And, and then you got amazing. King of Scars that is just incredible. Just and you elevated. see her grow yeah. as an author to where the next book that she puts out should be better than the rest. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sarah J. Mass does this. You know, Avatar was great, Throne of Glass was good, you kind of get this, and there was parts of Throne of Glass that was really good, and Avatar, like, you know, parts of that were really good. Yeah. And then Crescent City was really good, but there was some criticism, so her 12th book really should be a masterpiece. Yeah. And I think I'm just like, why are you still making the same mistakes that you made in your first book series? I think she's grown so wildly popular, though, that she maybe was just trying to ride this plane. Yeah. Instead of elevating herself. And it felt like fan fiction. It did. I'm never going to stop thinking about that now. It felt like fan fiction. And that's, like fan fiction. that's not a criticism. I think that's just an objective observation. Or maybe you do mean it as a criticism. I don't mean it as a criticism but because you fan fiction is really fun. Yeah. And I that's love what it. I mean to say. You can look at it very objectively and say, Fan fiction is amazing, and I love reading it, and I'll never stop reading fan fiction. But there is a reason people read fan fiction when they don't feel like reading a traditional novel. A novella. If you, you know, if it had been like a, like Cassandra Clare writes novellas, and it's like the Red Scrolls or whatever, I go into that going, this is not, it's fluff. It's fluff published by the author, okay? If I would have been, if this book would have been marketed as, like a, the the Frost and Starlight novella, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, 
that book was not great either. I didn't read that one. But I, exactly! <laughs> I because don't it was like, okay, fine, it was a novella, I don't have a lot yeah. of hope for this. I would think it's unnecessary content. It's unnecessary content for a reason. It's just yeah. extra if you want it. This book yeah. was extra if I wanted it. Yeah. It, that's exactly I, it didn't know purpose for the bigger plot, and it should have been a novella that was extra if I wanted it that focused on Nessa and Cassian and Nessa overcoming her trauma. It would have been a perfect novella, and I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. You could have left out everything else. It would have been fine. You could have done this in a solid, what, 200 pages? Yeah. yeah. But to market it as this big next chapter installment, Whoa. and for it to not produce an end result, is it, irritating to it me. It should not have been part of Akatar. No. Because that... The situations in the plot of Avatar was re- resolved. Yeah, it was done. It was done. And you tried to bring in some of those key baddies, but that didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. This a sep- This is a separate situation. You should have done like, these are separate characters, separate situations. And I feel like that should, should have been caught in the editing process. I feel like that should have been like a decided thing like, this does not make sense to continue the story. You either continue the story... Yeah. Or you write a novella with fluff that's like, oh, this is a casting Nessa story, and then if you want to read it, you can. Yeah, this didn't have anything to do with Hibern. Nothing happened. This didn't have anything to do with the cold. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Relationships were forged. Romantic, friendships, family relationships fixed, whatever. It was really all about relationships. But that's what fluff is for. That's what fluff... And it's like, okay, so at the end of A Court of Thorns and Roses... Feyre is defeated Amarantha, mm-hmm. and Hybrid is a threat, and Rhysand's a thing, and she has a contract out. Mm-hmm. There was things that were, like, unresolved, right? Yes. In this book, the same things that are unresolved are the same things that were left unresolved in Avatar. Yeah. There was no progression forward. We're still like, hey, where are the queens? The ones that... Actually, they're yeah. they don't matter anymore. It's they like went through them. But it's like minor yes. things and that were unresolved. Where, like they were unresolved because it didn't matter. And it just didn't make like the big baddie. Yeah. He was there, but like served no purpose. So I think that's like my final stance on this is it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And maybe this was published too early. Like maybe mm-hmm. there was a rush to make it by the publication date and it just wasn't ready. It just mm-hmm. didn't feel finished and polished and enough for me to polished. go. I'm glad yeah. I bought that. Because I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy I read it. I read it again. I would still recommend it to SJM fans. And like, it was a comfy read. Yeah. But the way I rushed through it was more because I wanted to be able to like talk about yeah. it with Lane or talk about it in all these groups that I'm in, talk about it on the Discord, whatever, you know, talk about it with the fandom. It had nothing to do with me wanting to eat it up. So, I liked it, but I didn't love it. But I'm still match trash. I have to answer. <laughs> I'm the boss now. She's a boss. She's a busy lady. <laughs> I respect it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I agree. I just... Yeah. It's got me feeling a little stressed out. I'm just bummed. Of course, I'm reading Channel right now, so I'm going to be raving about that one because I got my school moment and it makes sense. And I'm going to compare the two because in my brain, I read them at the same time. So here we are. I'm sorry. I'm King of Scars now. <gasps> King of Scars is so good. Well, King of Scars give me all my school moments. I highlighted the crap out of that book. There's so many like little notations, Ooh. and Zoya is a queen. A queen I stand. I'm really trying to like read some new things. 
I say that like tentatively, you know. I've been trying to push my bubble a little bit. Yeah. I don't like it, so I think I'm gonna uh, read King of Scars. King of Scars is so good, and I don't want to push my bubble. You know what? Read what's comfortable for you. I'm like in a Discord book club, and they push my bubble enough. I'm like, mm. they make me read things, and I'm like, oh, this was good, but can I go back to my new adult fantasy, please? You know, I guess that's what book clubs for. That's book fans. Yeah. Book club. Um, we, we do that to you, and I'm so sorry. Like, we're reading what we want to read, but we also <laughs> push you to read things that you may or may not want to yeah. read. Um, but if you do read A Court of Silver Flames, either tell me how much you hated it, or tell me how much you loved it, and then I'll feel bad for saying how much I did not like it. Convince me to love it. Yeah, it's me. I could be convinced. I'm on the precipice. Did I miss a squeal moment? Did I just miss it? Tell Maybe me about it. Too quickly. Maybe I just was so frustrated. Um, yeah, tell me your thoughts because I had a lot of them. Also, if you've got roasty reviews, because I know they're out there, I know they are. I do love to me, please. If it roasts the book, I want to know about it. Yeah. I want to know the worst one. And if you wrote a roasty review, if it is just, if you were just like, this is literally just a steaming pile of turds, I hated it. And you got on Goodreads and you wrote this much about how much you hated it, I think that's what I would love to read. And if I've got cool fan it, art, like, I know that there's going to be some good fan art, and that might be my favorite part. Send them. Oh, yeah. I drop it. There was already this glorious fan art. Drop it. Of, like, minor moments in Akatar with Nesta and Cassian. Oh, so good. So good. Now we can see the real moments of Nesta um, fan art. Yeah, just, just the train it? all your thoughts. Like, I want to, like, I want to hear it all. Like, I want to, I just want to see what other people think. I want to fight about it. I want to, like, nitpick it. I want to break it down. Let's just like get into the nitty. Sarah J. Mass. If don't, you're watching this. Don't ever watch this video, Sarah J. Mass. I feel like we'll hurt your feelings. Um, I still love you. I read yes, you, and I'll read one. anything you write because I'm trash. I'm mass trash. But I'm disappointed in this one. I'm and still buying your books. If you could just give me Bryce. <laughs> just give me Bryce. <laughs> That'd be great. Thank you, Sarah Jane Mass. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I feel really bad. Um, but I love you. So, so that was our roast slash review um, of a quart, of, a quart of Silver Flame. Uh, thank you, and we'll be here for the next one, which is <laughs> equally, equally disturbing. Oh, yeah. We'll be um, reading nonfiction next time, though. Yeah. So I'm really so excited about that, and it'll be about the quarantine experience in China. So keep a lookout for that. And that's going to be really different and really interesting and a we, good spin away. We won't be able to roast it because we're not experts. That's true. Like we are. I'm not a scientist. I don't know things. So, you know, I can barely read. So I teach kids how to read, but we're talking like picture books. I there we go. Anything higher than that. I, I memorized a lot of words thanks to Link. That's, that's all reading is. That is true. That's all yeah. reading is. So if you also memorized a lot of words, join us next time when we read. That sounds like that moment where you're like, were you a gifted kid in school? (laughs) (laughs) Tell us you were a gifted kid in school without telling us you were a gifted child. I have anxiety now about whether or not I actually know how to read. That's That's how I know. child moment. Um, I just have anxiety. (laughs) So (laughs) there's that. Oh my god. Okay. On that note. This was fun, guys. We appreciate you. Thanks for watching, listening, learning, reading, and hanging out with us. Yes, all of those things. Yeah. I'm Kayla. I'm Wayne. This has been Parents Read the Darnest Things. Bye. Bye.